Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 129 of Sack King's Therapy. Um, Owen coming to you again solo this time because Long is a busy boy and uh, he's really embracing his uh, Brock Lesnar role in this podcast. I will simply <laughs> will simply have to just uh, you know appreciate him when he does show up because uh, he's been he's been busy and he's not available to record. So just gonna do this solo. Um, again, so let's start with the Spurs game. Uh, there are there is Kings news. I will get to that later, but let's uh, get, get the Spurs games over with because it was not fun to watch this. Um, two games in a row where I have legitimately gotten angry watching the Kings play. Uh, this one more angry th- than the Suns one, I guess. I don't know. Like this third quarter, that the Suns games was really bad, but this was a full game of just. I guess lethargic, lethargic, lethargicism is, is that a word? I don't even know. <laughs> but the entire game, the Kings just looked a bit off. This feels like you know they weren't in, they weren't completely in sync on offense. It wasn't like terrible, like you know certain like you know the Wars version of the Kings, which is you know I guess faint praise, but like you know the offense wasn't running like you know very incredibly smooth. And then the on the defensive defensive end, it was so the stir, spur, Spurs <laughs> Spurs start out five for ten from three in the first quarter, and you know some of them were just wide open shots that the Kings should not have given up. But like there were shots, there were shots that you know where they basically the, you know you're okay with the Spurs making. Like let's be honest, some like the first three. I forgot, I forgot who made it, but like, you know, it was a standstill three, no rhythm, and it goes in. And then you're just like, okay, you know, you just shrug and just say, you know what? That's sometimes it happens. But then they just kept making threes, and Kings uh, just kept leaving them open. And it was very, very frustrating to watch. Uh, okay, there it is. So they, they just never cooled down from three. And, you know, once you get a team going, like like the Spurs or like any team, because the Spurs are not a good three point shooting team. I I think a, I think um, James Ham just read out a stat where the Spurs at I guess I gotta actually look it up, but they they something something along the lines that they only make nine threes a game. In this game, they ended up making 18, 18 for thirty two, fifty six percent from three. So it was just one of those kinds of games where you know they definitely got hot, but what what could the Kings have done? Well, they could have played better defense, of course. They, they, this has always been a problem that, I know, that I've always noticed uh, with the Kings this season is that they, they get stuck on screens just way too easily. And either that or, like, they just go underneath the screen. And when you let a team go, and, you know, you, you let a team get comfortable of NBA, you know, of NBA players, it's going to be, it's going to get ugly. You know, you're just giving... You're, you're gonna let, let them get comfortable, and they're gonna shoot in rhythm. It almost doesn't matter, to, you know, to a certain degree, what you even do, like on defense, if you, you can get a team going. Um, I can't even look up those stats right now. Um, whatever, that doesn't doesn't matter. But so they got comfortable and they stayed hot the entire game. That was the that was the big thing with the Kings, the or the the Spurs. The other part where it really was jarring was just the 
Kings felt like they just played with not like no hustle, even though it wasn't like as jarring as you know those moments in the third where the Kings looked like they just straight up gave up. But Spurs just kept beating them to the ball, and it and they just kept getting these you know not an incredible amount of offensive rebounds. They actually Kings actually managed to match the uh, Spurs in rebounding, which that's a good sign, I guess. But you know, in particular, Thaddeus Young and Devin Eubanks, by the way, shout out to him, 13 free throws, May 10. That's insane. But um, yeah, Thaddeus Young and Eubanks would just would just be able to grab offensive rebounds, and they would just be able to out hustle the Kings for for you know loose balls. Like I don't think the Kings won one loose ball this game, and it was just jarring to look at. And unfortunately. You know, like the Suns game, like the like the Jazz game, they give up these offensive rebounds and they lead to crucial shots. You know, the Kings were kind of making a bit of a, a slight bit of a run in the second quarter. Ooh, offensive rebound leads to some sort of shot to, you know, stem the tide because the Kings were making a bit of a run. And then in the third quarter, there was one specific one where I think it was they, they get they get a strip. And I forgot who ended up getting the ball. It might have been uh, Derek White or Who's number three? Well, it doesn't say here. Well, anyways, uh, number three, I think, got got the rebound and passes it out to Doug McDermott, who hits a three as the shot clock expires. You know, those are the kind of moments where, sure, it's just one offensive rebound, but those lead to just, you know, momentum-killing shots, and it just felt like the Kings just didn't bring it. And yeah, they just could not win these kinds of battles. And when you don't win these kinds of battles, it's really hard to come back. Um, what's the, what's my next point? I guess that's basically kind of my point over my two points of why the Kings lost. They got out hustled and the, the Spurs got hot from three. You know, the, the Kings, there are parts like they can control and they really should have. But at this point, I'm just at the, I'm just almost apoplet, apoplectic and just, you know, just almost shocked and shell shocked right now because like, you know, th- th- this is like this is not the Kings that we saw that won those games against the Suns, against the uh, you know the Hornets, and against you know uh, the other team that stayed competitive with the Jack with the Jazz. Like this is just the Kings have to be better, and I don't know what's kind of set them off to on this path, but they got to be able to find their stroke back. And you know, it very much might just be Tyrese Halliburton getting back into the lineup because you know. It's a two-part. It's a two-part two thing. So in this game, Buddy Heald started, at which you know Terrence Davis was also out. So I guess that that makes sense. Like you know, he, he you know next man up, and Buddy probably is the better player right now, you know, than Davion Mitchell. I know people love Davion, but like you know, Buddy does bring does probably produce more than what Davion does. But, you know, in the last two starts, he has not been good. Uh, let me look at his numbers right now. Um, it doesn't actually automatically update. That's great. So, you know, 5 for, five for 16 in the Suns game and 5 for 14 this game. 3 for 11 uh, from 3 in the Phoenix game. And then 2 for 9 for two for nine um, in, this, in this game. Even though that really should be an 0 for 7 because those last two were in, in garbage time. You know, the main, main thing is Buddy has not been good starting. It just either is for whatever reason, he just 
you know, maybe it's just adjusting to the role again. But this, you know, last year, the entire fan base, you know, cried a lot, you know, and rightfully so of why it just seems like Buddy gets such a long leash. And we'll get to a guy that gets a really short leash later. He seems to just get a really long leash for whatever reason, even though, you know, he's clearly not playing well. Like, I I really want Luke Walton to just, you know, not bench him, but, like, just bring him off the bench. Like, just have him just be that, se- you know, when the starters just don't seem to have it. And, you know, lately they don't seem to have it. Maybe just get out. Um, you know, just bring him off the bench, have him be that spark plug, which seems to be the best the best role for him. Because right now, as a starter, he's not playing well at all. And the, King, the Kings needed some sort of change. And many people kind of suggested if, if Tyrese is not able to play uh, on Friday against the Thunder, should probably bring um, should probably just start Mitchell and just start with just you know tough defense and hoping that leads to some offense to get everyone going. Um, if Tyrese can't play, if Tyrese plays, that might that might solve a lot of these issues. And does part two of the Tyrese issue is um, uh, Rashad Holmes? I don't know why I had almost had a stroke I'm trying to remember his name, but Rashad has not. It's not even that he didn't play well; he just doesn't get minutes for whatever reason. Now this game, he only played 19 minutes, which what? <laughs> There was a lot of uh, Alex Len and uh, also some Damian Jones as well. Like, I don't know what's going on with Rashawn's minutes. He only played 25 in the Phoenix game. And, you know, he, he, of course, he didn't really, he really didn't have his moments this game. He didn't play, he really didn't play that well. Although, you know, six points, 12 rebounds, that's something. But at the same time, I don't know, I don't know why Luke's not playing him more. He seems to really love going to Alex Len for some reason. He, he, Alex and only played 15. That's interesting. I thought he played more. And then he also went to Tristan Thompson. So, like, the first time with Luke has played Tristan and Alex. Yeah, for whatever reason. Like, he's just not playing Rashawn Holmes. And Rashawn statistically is, like, you know, in terms of plus minus, probably the best plus minus guy on the Kings. And, you know, I was listening to James Ham talk about it, but you know teams have kind of adjusted to Rashawn, and Rashawn is struggling to be able to find a way to kind of affect the game or like you know get his shot off. We I don't think we have had a Rashawn floater this game, like for example. And one of the reasons why is because you know the best pick and roll tandem on the team is you know Ty- Halliburton and Tyrese. Jesus Christ, I cannot speak right now. It, it is Halliburton and Holmes and. Without Halliburton to set him up, you know, you know, Rashawn's not a shot creator, and he, you know, the guys just aren't able to find him in his spots. Like, you know, Fox just really isn't that guy. You don't really want Buddy to be doing that too much either, and and Davion doesn't seem to have it with Rashawn yet either. So it's, you know, if Halliburton is able to be in the lineup, Rashawn should have a bit of a bounce back game. But as it is right now, it's so weird that he only played 13, 19 minutes, and uh, yeah. So that's what I oh the the one silver lining of this game, Fox seems to have found something. Um, you know, of course it is it kind of is an empty game. You know, he he ended up scoring 13, 37, six assists and three blocks, which was surprising. And, but however, four turnovers. You know, you know it, it is what it is. But he seems to have found his groove back. He was attacking the basket, getting into his mid range, and he had two threes this game. And it seems like he's finding his rhythm. He was, you know, he tried to, you know, will the team back into the game, but 
you know, one man simply can't do everything. And, you know, there were moments where he kind of forced it. But it's but it's good to see him be able to, you know, be aggressive again. And maybe he's found maybe he's found something again. And may, and hopefully, like, you know, I said this last game, maybe he carries this into the next game. You know, he showed, you know, he showed a level of aggression and just confidence attacking the rim that he didn't really show earlier in the season outside of the Portland game. So maybe this is going to lead to something. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. And the next game is the Thunder. And I you know, who do they have as a center. I don't even remember. But like, you know, hopefully th this just keeps carrying on because Kings needs somebody to step up. And he did step up this game, but it just wasn't enough. Um, okay, well, that's basically it for the game that I have to talk about. The other thing I want to just quickly go over, there isn't a lot on this yet, but Sean Cunningham tweeted out that he confirmed with sources, uh, multiple sources around the team, that uh, during the during the Phoenix game, a lot of people were complaining about uh, Marvin Bagley not playing, um, even though like guys like Damian Jones, Shemezi Metu, Jamias Ramsey got run in that in those in that game, and. You know, the one big thing, the one kind of like elephant in the room is that Marvin Bagley didn't play. Well, Sean Cunningham uh, tweeted out that he confirmed with multiple sources that Luke did try to play him, actually. But Marvin refused to go back in. So that's a that's an interesting development. Uh, yeah, so... You know, you know, before the season, we had the Jeff Schwartz thing, basically almost burning the bridge for Marvin, uh, for, for you know, between him and the organization. Like it, and I mean, this this situation is, I you know, I'm not the one. I don't think it's actually a toxic situation per se. Like it seems like everyone is still getting along. He's not being as long, you know. There's no reports about like a, like there's some awkwardness or toxicity in the locker room. Like it just seemed it seemed this probably ultimately ends up being nothing, but you know, for you know, it, it is it is a development where it's it, it's interesting that Marvin just straight up didn't want to check in. Now, of course, this isn't fully confirmed. That Sean Cunningham basically just said he talked to multiple people within the organization and said that Luke wanted Marvin to play, but Marvin refused. This this is a. Uh, I don't, I don't really know what to say about it and I hate to be I hate to you know take the side of the organization but but like you know if you know, I guess the I guess that bridge is just burned and you know the Kings are just trying to find a trade for him but he has no trade value by himself and the Kings are looking to package him with something else to get something better and that deal just doesn't seem to be out there right now and you know it, it, it's not a great look for Marvin. Like, you know, and it's not, don't get me wrong, it's not a great look on the Kings either, just because they they seem, I don't even think it's like they're, the Kings' fault for, you know, how the situation has developed. But as, to me, as long as it doesn't, you know, turn toxic in the locker room, I'm more, I don't really, I wouldn't worry about the situation. But a lot of people are calling for Marvin to play, but if you think about it, Sure, like he fits on offense in some ways. Like you know, he can run. He can simply run the floor, get you know, get those easy transition baskets. That's how I see him fitting into this, fitting into the system. But when you start asking for, say, post ups and you know, you know, like other and other things like mid posts, like isolations, 
that's where like I'm I don't want Marvin to kind of hijack the offense but the issue is on defense Marvin's defense just is really bad and you know Luke you know for better or worse has you know deemed like him not really play not, not really playable in these kinds of games if they want to win because it, he does bleed points on defense it's just it's, un, it's unfortunate and you know Luke's not willing to you know give him developmental minutes to let him figure it out so I mean the situation is what it is and it's unfortunate that this situation has gotten to this point and you know I really do want to root for Marvin I do want to see him out there playing you know at this point like you know why not try some try something new out? See if he maybe injects some life into the into the team. But you know the reality is the Kings the Kings have tried to you know find trades for him, but you know he just has no value out there. You don't want to just straight up give him away for a second round pick. That's that's a bit extreme. Um, at, yeah, as it stands right now, I don't know I don't know where where the situation is gonna go. Marvin, if this is true, he's clearly done with the organization. And it's just a matter of time before he's traded somewhere else. And uh, yeah, uh, it's it's an unfortunate situation. And you know, hopefully it's saw it resolves itself one way or the other uh, soon. Because honestly, it's not a fun topic to talk about. You know, on t- on top of you know the Kings not playing well right now in the middle of a three game losing streak. Hopefully, if the Kings are different. They're able to stop this losing streak before it gets out of control. Because next game, it's going to be the Thunder. Now, I I did say, you know, the the King. There are no there are no such thing as gimme games for the Kings. The Kings are who they are, and they they do not have the cachet to say to essentially relax on on certain games to say that oh this is a guaranteed win. There are no such things as guaranteed wins. For the Kings, and you know, for most teams in the NBA, even even the best teams get statement. Like Orlando Magic beat the Jazz somehow with Rudy and uh, what's his face, Rudy and Donovan Mitchell playing. Like there are, like there are no such things as gimme games, and especially when you're the Kings. And you know, OKC, <laughs> they randomly for whatever reason beat the Lakers twice. So they they have they have like some fight. They have fight in them. They're not exactly. They're not a good team. There's not there's not much talent on the team. They're not exactly a, a team that just you know gives up and just you know crawl. Basically, gets it gets in the fetal position and just you know waits for you to waits for you to beat them. They're gonna go down fighting. And you know if the Kings are not gonna bring are not gonna bring it, the o- OKC just might sting them. And boy, if they lose the OKC, Jesus Christ, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I was pretty pissed after this game already. I might. Man, you might see the city of Sacramento start to burn. Like, man, that'd be really bad. Oh, um, as it stands right now, let's hopefully they bring, they, they again, they bring the energy next the next game because I do not want to be coming on here talking about a loss to OKC on Friday. So, yeah. Um, so you know guys thank you for listening that's uh my review of this game sorry for the kind of rambliness of this uh episode a little bit unorganized but uh yeah the, your boy's a little bit angry after the uh, spurs game and it's sometimes it's, it's hard to formulate thoughts and you know formulate sentences on top of that when you know you're a bit angry and a bit uh, a bit annoyed to say the least and uh 
you know, the Kings have shown like more fight in other games, not so much this game, but like in other games, that they are they they are able to maybe come back from this. And you know, if they you know if they want to prove that they are a different team, they do not let this become some sort of nine game losing streak. Uh, because oh boy, that is on the table. Like you know. Let's uh, stop it at a three-game losing streak, and let's get this W in OKC. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I, I'll be back on Friday uh, yeah, Friday night, Friday evening. Um, talk about the OKC game, and please, please, for the love of God, do not let it be a loss. All right. Thank you guys for listening.